God, that was a hell of a show. We are back. It's been a couple weeks. Tough ring with Nick and Tony. I am Nick. Tony. Yo, what's happening? Oh, it's great to be back. And uh, sorry, guys, we have been gone for a couple weeks here. We both had stuff going on. My work schedule got kind of mixed up. But if we were going to make our return here, what a show to come back with. AEW's Winter is Coming. It came. It's done now. It's gone now. Holy shit, AEW will not be the same. And wrestling may not be the same. Yeah, it was a legendary night. And uh, for the second season kickoff of AEW, they're hitting their stride. I really think, like, I for some somehow NXT beat AEW in the ratings last week. And I don't know how that happens. The episode was great. But there should be no way this week. This was probably one of the best episodes of Dynamite ever. This is up there with any pay-per-view, the things that happened. Uh, the way it was paced with that first hour and 20, just yep. boom, boom, boom. And then you get the, the, the last, oh my God, just... Uh, I'm still, I don't even know what to say. I really, I knew it was going to be good. But the things they pulled out, they've been talking about stuff, having big plans for a while. It's stuff they had to put on back burner, you know, due to COVID and everything. And shit, that shit's on the fire and it's it's cooking in the pan right now. Oh yeah, I mean, so many great fantastic matches. So many storylines either teased or prog you know, progressed throughout this episode. I mean, it was nonstop action and the way it was paced was good. I mean... Hell, even the picture-in-pictures weren't even that annoying. <laughs> Except that they had to, like, preview them, like, four or five times before they actually did it. But, yeah, it was um great show. Tony, let's get into this. For sure. Well, we... Oh, you know what? Oh, sorry. But before yes. we do, yep. I just want to real quick, and um, I'm going to put it in a second here, and I'm going to do this in post-editing, but um, rest in peace, Pat Patterson uh, passed away. And I think he was 79, a long time, obviously, with WWE. Um, uh, first openly gay wrestler. So opened the doors for, you know, Sonny Kiss and uh, Nyla Rose. Or, you know, being transgender and stuff like that. Just um, So uh, everyone that knows came up with the Royal Rumble. First ever Intercontinental, WWF Intercontinental Champion. WWF, I think. Um, obviously just a legend. So, uh, rest in peace, Pat Patterson. Yeah, absolutely, man. Rest in peace, one of the Stooges, along with Gerald Briscoe. Yeah, that the, too. The, <laughs> the, that's how I know him. I grew up, I, I, I found out later he was a wrestler, but I, that's how I know him. That's how he was introduced to me in, like, 97. And there may have been some, he's got some controversy in his life. Oh, yeah. So, we're not going to brush over that, but, you know, at the same time, like, you know, he... 
we got to pay tribute and respect to a guy that really was a, a trailblazer and, uh, you know, someone that really did, did a lot for the business. So, rest in peace, Peter Anderson. Yep. Uh, starting off, we start the commentary tonight with winners coming in Jacksonville. Apparently, it's like 45 degrees in Florida, so everybody's wearing, like, parkas and stuff on commentary. It's pretty sweet. It's perfect right here. <laughs> Winter came here last, yes, the last two days. So. I got buried under a foot of fucking snow. Oh, oh shit. Uh, but uh, our first match, uh, we kick off with a JR, uh, Tony, and uh, Excalibur on commentary. Kick off with our Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. And man, was this a kick-ass battle royal. They start this night awesome, night off, and in an awesome way. It's one of the best battle royals I think I've seen. Not Royal Rumble, but battle royals I've seen. Uh, so much action. So much going on because every character has a distinct character arc. Uh, they have relationships with other characters, history with all the other characters. There's just so much, all the storytelling and characterization that they put in week to week. You can do matches like that, and things are just so exciting, and you just get into it right away. It was great. Even the way that, you know, when you're watching the match, sometimes with these battle royals, and especially personally for me, it's a little hard to follow the action or what's going on. But even the way that everybody was framed in the ring was great. You had, you know, the Dark Order had their representation in one corner, and then in the other corner you had, you know, Team Taz, and then in another corner you had, you know, other tag teams and other groups of people. I mean, it was uh, great. Adam Page was in there tearing it up. And you had unlikely alliances, um, and some were likely Dark Order was in, you know, str- yeah. strong numbers. When uh, Hangman Page hey, was giving uh, Johnny Hungy the um, piggyback ride, <laughs> that was amazing. Really good spots with him in the Dark Order. They did the same with him right before that he ended up getting eliminated. But there seems to be some, you know, there was teasing on BTE. There seems to be some real camaraderie between Hangman Page and the group that used to, a couple weeks ago, did a group chant called, you know, Fuck Hangman, but <laughs> they get along now. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, in the inner circles, you know, teamwork with MJF during this match, at least, was really good. Later on tonight, it, it, we'll, we'll see some differences there. Up but. until the end, it was really good. MJF, Sammy was listening to MJF. Sammy was on the page with MJF doing what he needed to do, right. being the good member of M- inner circle. Of course, MJF's a fucking prick, and he's still... But he was doing a good job at first leading and the maneuvering, and that's like, you know... The problem with Battle Royals is there's guys, not everyone can wrestle all at once, so you got to shift people out. But they did a good job with guys making having to make sense and having three of those guys, the big heavy hitters, kind of stick to the corners and, you know, Wardlow guarding them and shit like that. It's a good way to kind of keep them aside till the end and let the other action go in the ring like, uh, like Miro fucking everybody the fuck up. Yep, no, nah, he was pretty insane. He was doing, I mean, just tearing through everybody left and right. He had a couple of big drives. Uh, but then even so, you had him working with Kip Sabian the entire time, so furthering that storyline along, too. Yeah, Kip Sabian gets eliminated by Orange Cassidy, and that really pissed Miro off a lot. Oh, yeah, I mean, everybody just in, in this match. I mean, I think even, what, a private party, Matt Hardy were in, were in the yep. ring as well. Um, uh, who else was in there? I'm trying to think. There's so many other... Yeah, you just had all these, you know... Um, I think originally the Chaos Project or whatever, Luther, they oh, both got Lee eliminated Johnson. early. Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson. Yeah. But none of the other Nightmare family was in there, though. He, no, was, yeah. he was represented by himself. Yep. So all in all, I thought it was a pretty good match. Uh, we end up finishing with um, uh, Orange Cassidy end up getting the the win. He ends up eliminating Wardlow, and uh, it was a pretty good match all in all. Yeah, at one point, uh, Miro and Wardlow squared off. That was fucking awesome. 
Yep. Um, it comes down to the, well, the inner circle totally fucking beats the shit out of fucking uh, Miro and eliminates yep. him. Then it comes down to the inner circle versus Jungle Boy, we think. And Jungle Boy puts up a fight, and really good. Jungle Boy looked really good there until he got eliminated. I think he eliminates Sammy, I think, got sacrificed at that point, yeah. I think. And then we find out, you know, and it's, so it's MJF and Miro, and MJF celebrating. I mean, Wardlow, and Wardlow's like, wait, dude, Orange Cassidy's still in here. And yeah, that's where shit fucking broke loose, and it's going to be Orange Cassidy versus MJF next week, and I'm totally fine with it. Um... You know, normally I was like, I, I don't always like seeing Orange Cassidy to be pushed to the moon all the time, but this is good. Okay, cool. Yep, no, absolutely. And I hope he actually kind of hope he does beat MJF for it. I hope so too. That'd be interesting. It'd be different because MJF has already held the Dynamite Diamond already for a year already. Right? Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Next, we move on to Kazarian facing Chris Jericho, just a basic grudge match. And I thought this was a pretty good match. Yeah, this was good. I mean, the main thing of this was obviously at the end, yep. but um. You, these are two guys you never saw wrestle each other before. Uh, both of them great veterans. So it's just cool on that level. Yep. But you needed, I think, this was, you're going to have a mellow match, you know, that's not like super crazy awesome. Like, yep. this was good, a good thing here. You had, what, what, who was out with Jericho? You had um, San, Ortiz and... Hager. And Hager out with him initially. Yep. Yeah, okay. initially. And then... After we get through the match, um, at one point, uh, I think Kazarian ends up getting Jericho inside of a Boston Crab, and we it looks like, for the most part, Jericho's going to get tapped out, so uh, MJF runs out uh, holding his white towel you know, to surrender for Jericho, and then all of a sudden, Sammy Guevara comes out and starts pretty much bitching at MJF, like, what the hell are you doing, and rips the towel away from him. Yeah, but it looks almost like, but then Sammy has the towel, Jericho sees Sammy with the towel at one point. So there's just all sorts of going on. Obviously, MJF wasting no time to cause a complete rift in the inner circle. And we'll get more of that. Is that in this segment or is that later? Is that a separate segment? What? With Jericho. With the inner oh, circle. I, that's after this match. After this match ends, they go right Okay, so then, so then you know, they're all fighting. That's right. Yeah, then Jericho breaks it up. Because um, obviously Warlow and uh, Hager start going after each other. Yep, yeah, and then uh, you know, Jericho ends up doing the Judas elbow and ends up ends oh, up yeah, winning Oh yeah, he match. beat Kazarian. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. he does beat Kazarian, but then after that, that's when you have Jericho addressing the inner circle inside the ring. Yeah, right. And um, things are heated. Sammy and fucking finally went after fucking MJF, yeah. and you have Warlow and Hagar. So Jericho's like, "That's it. Next week, there's gonna be an ultimatum." Because <laughs> everything is so fucking dramatic with the inner circle. Uh-huh. Like, they always got to announce whatever they're doing next week. <laughs> yeah, either they're going to work together or they're going to break up forever. Yeah. <laughs> so, no fucking around. A little bit of dissension. Jericho's not going to put up with it at all. He'll fucking end the whole thing. So, um, yeah, you know, good quick little match. Tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> Uh, next, we get a Young Bucks uh, promo with Alex Marvez, and they're pretty much just hyping their match against the Hybrid 2, when all of a sudden... The Acclaim makes their debut on uh, Dark. They've been known on uh, from... Uh, I'm sorry, make their debut on Dynamite. They're known for being on Dark. Uh, weird team... What is it? Is uh, What are their names? Um, you know what? Let them win a couple more matches and we'll know their names. But Max, yep. Ca- Max Caster and Antonio something. Um, and, t- and Bo, Anthony Bowens. Yep. Anthony Bowens and Max Caster. Sorry about that. Uh, Max Caster is a really weird one because he comes out and he's got a chain around his neck. 
and he's rapping, and obviously it's very indicative of uh, John Cena. And sometimes his raps are a little weak, but there's been times, and more often than not, it seems about 60-40 at it. He's actually really goddamn good freestyle, and just the more brutal he can be to somebody, the better he is. Um, they're really good as a tag team, and they've turned heads so far on uh, Dark. They're one of that good batch of tag teams with, uh, you know, uh, Top Flight and um, Devon Sons. So, you know, these kind of brand new tag teams that have just popped up recently, there's already kind of catching fire. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And they're, they're, it's good to see them. And, yeah, their raps are, their raps are good. And as they keep doing the, that style of promo, they're going to get better at it. So and they just, work good together. They have a good heel thing. You have you know, the one with the personality and the one that's a good worker. Yep. Um, so, yeah, really cool to see them on there. I like their lot. And we got, uh, you know, there's a couple of later on, we'll get a little tease for Abaddon, too. Or, and, um... We see in the women's match, we see some... So there are people coming up from Dark now. And like you said, your season two, I really feel we are in like a second season of this now where this pay-per-view felt like the maybe not the ending of the first beginning part of the saga of AEW. Maybe so, or at least the, the season premiere. Like We're going a new direction now with things. There's going to be things that are carrying over. But this is a new story. There are new people being introduced. There's new focus going in certain areas, and fuck yeah. Yeah, less less you know less of the indie shit and more of them refining and actually developing what their own style is with their own homegrown talent. So it's good to see that finally getting developed, taking stride, and now they have enough people and enough of a pool to pull from, where you know they can just constantly keep rotating people in and out. And Tony's talking about doing more with Dark. He said he almost maybe wants to split Dark up into a couple shows now. Not, a, not And we're not talking about the TNT extra show that's going to be added. But actually like breaking up the Dark to maybe a version of Dark that is going to be dedicated solely to development. And then a, a version of Dark that's going to be more with the guys that are established that are just not getting the TV time. Um, Dark is, and this is a little sidebar here. Dark has been an amazing tool that they've found a great way to use. Um, obviously, NXT is a great developmental tool for uh, WWE, but the problem with NXT is that it is a separate league, basically. And you can be NXT World Champion when you get called up the main roster. If you're lucky and they actually lose you, use you right, you're starting off at going after the U.S. title or the Intercontinental title at best, maybe even lower down the run with, you know, tag teams or whatever. So here, the, the, the separation isn't that strong. There are... Main eventers of Dynamite on Dark wrestling these jobbers and stuff. But some of these jobbers lose week after week. But some of them, uh, Lee, jo Lee Johnson, uh, they get a little better. They get their, we saw Griffin Pillman get their first win, you know, recently. And now they're the Varsity Blondes and they're going to get a shot next week. So, like, I love the way they use Dark in that aspect. And it's also great since they have the rankings Dark is a great way to pad out rankings so you can control your storylines with the rankings and still have them make sense. People are like, what's up with the rankings? What's up with the rankings? They had a hard time controlling them because rankings are unwieldy. But now that they figured out how to use it with Dark, you see the rankings are being brought up a little bit more again because now they're figuring out, all right, we got to pad this guy. I'll give him some Dark wins and blah, blah, blah. And they're open about it. Wrestlers have even made jokes about it. So... Uh, really great use of dark, and it, it, so far, um, and I just I just wanted to point that out.
And plus, within 14 months, they went from having, you know, on Tuesday, 20-minute long shows, and now they're having two-hour well, and two-hour and fucking 45-minute long shows. It's insane. Because there's so much talent, though. There's so many guys that they, yeah. you know, it's not they have a bunch of people under contract, but they're giving guys an opportunity. These are guys that are not wrestling indie shows. So you're not doing anything, but at least you, you can go up and show up at these tapings and get on TV. So when things start, even if you don't get signed by AEW... There's other places you can work. There's indies, and there might even be another semi-major promotion that AEW seems to be working pretty heavily with right now. Yep. We'll get into that later. Yep, for sure. And next, we uh, followed by that, we have our women's match, which I was looking forward to a lot uh, because I'm a big fan of Layla Hirsch. But it's uh, Britt Baker versus Layla Hirsch, and I thought this was a really good match. Great chain wrestling too. Yeah, it was awesome. Britt Britt went along with it. Wrote a wrestle. I think like a style that wasn't really her style, yeah. but she did it in an effort to really make Layla Hirsch look like a beast. She did. Britt still won and looked more like a beast for beating her. But goddamn, they really went pretty far to make Layla Hirsch look really good. And yeah, she's jumping out as one of the better, more exciting females to watch. Because and she looked like at least size wise, and si- she's very really like almost like the the John Silver of the women. She's just those those little tiny legs are so powerful. She's got just a center of gravity. But yeah, she looks like the real deal. And Britt looked really goddamn good here too. And, of course, she got Reba with her nonsense also. Yeah, no, and I think Britt gave a lot of herself to Layla in this match and just making Layla look really good, really strong, really powerful. And, yeah, and to your point, I mean, Layla's got to be, what, no more than maybe 5'4". I mean, she's not the tallest person in the world at all, but still, in spite of her lack of size, she's just huge and bulky and muscular and intimidating and definitely comes off a lot more, you know, in, in the same you know vein of like a Shayna Baszler or Ronda Rousey, but even just more, a little bit, you know, serious and, you know, more athletic, not so much like a crazy, you know, uh, you know, exaggerated monster or character. Like, They're Russian. You know. It comes off yeah. very Russian, too, like a... Yep. She carries sacks of potatoes on her shoulders through the, you know, the wastelands. Yep. <laughs> I feel like she should come out with, like, an Olympic gold medal or something like that. Like, she just gives off that, like, athletic... International yeah. athlete kind of feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I thought this was a, a really good match. Uh, it was pretty awesome. But at the end of the day, uh, Britt ends up, you know, tapping out Layla with her, uh, the, what is it? Lockjaw. Lockjaw, yeah, her finishing move. And you know that's fine. You know, I, I, in, in, you know, this is Layla. You know, Layla's what second or third dynamite. Yeah, that been very. Yeah, she's like so. She's brand new. So I thought this was a great showcase for her, and uh, I'm glad the women finally got a good match. And I hope they get more time in the future, especially in this you know quote unquote second year, second season, as we're calling it. I like how the lockjaw was a difference because really Layla was yeah. an out wrestling her, but it just shows you can get your opponent in position for that right you know finishing move. It doesn't matter, and there was nothing Layla could do, even though she looked freaking great. It was just a matter of the lot, y'all. Yeah, yeah, Layla kept getting her in the uh, arm breaker hold. Yeah, they were kind of just going back and forth with stuff for a little while. Yeah, good action. Britt really just would be doing the Stephanie McMahon grabbing her hand like Stephanie would do against Ronda Rousey. Um, and then at the end of the match, Thunder Rosa comes out. To face uh, Britt, essentially. It was the facing... Who she... Yeah, so... After Britt, right? Britt, and then a bunch of happened, and then Lay, uh, Layla ended up taking out Reba. That's right. That was great. Reba's such a mess. Oh, she's she, so great. She's a terrible, just lumpy goof, 
But, like, it works. It makes me... I like her. I don't know why. <laughs> She's not a great wrestler by any means, but I don't know. It almost makes her enter- more entertaining. Yep. And after that, we get a video package that kind of, you know, teases the Taz, Team Taz versus, you know, Cody and Darby. And that essentially leads us into the tag team match. That one, is, oh, one more thing, though. I think we're, so we'll probably get a tag between Layla, with Layla and... Um, Britain Reba versus Layla and, and Thunder Rosa. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like that. Uh, and then, yeah, then we get to go into our Darby Allen with uh, Cody match versus uh, Ricky Starks and uh, Powerhouse Will Hobbs. Yeah, this was a great match. It's, uh, well, I don't know, match. It was just a lot of... It, well, it wasn't, it wasn't a really long match. It was short. Yeah. And it was a lot of just Will Hobbs throwing fucking Darby around like a sack of shit. And just Darby just absorbing punishment. And absorbing punishment. Cody didn't really want to step it wasn't in this match too long. Yeah. Ricky enough to do some shenanigans, but really the heart of it was Will Hobbs just beating Darby down. Yeah, great great introduction to Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs is a monster. And yeah, you know, Powerhouse he, Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs. Oh yeah, it's gonna take me a while. Mm-hmm. At least JR isn't calling him Willie Hobbs anymore, so that's cool. But uh yeah, it, and AEW's building now their roster of monsters. You got Cage, you got Lance Archer, you got Wardlow, you got, you know, Powerhouse Hobbs, Miro. I mean, so many people. Have. So there's so many different, you know, if, you, if you're if you a wrestling fan, um, there is Hager, Brody Lee. Yeah, I mean, well, Hager hasn't wrestled shit in a Well, while. yeah, but that's true. You're training for Except, With the exception of Las Vegas, he's beating the shit out of people in the bar, yeah. so that was cool. But, uh, yeah, it was good. Darby ends up yeah, doing the coffin drop on Starks and ends up winning for Cody and, uh, and him. And after the match, you have a little bit of, like, a brawl going on between Arn Anderson uh, and Starks and, uh, and Hobbs. And uh, after this brawl... And Cage comes out. Yeah, Cage, Cage, comes Cage out starts here. fucking everybody up. And then Tony Lights go out. Black what man. the fuck's going on? Why, who, it's, it's Sabu came out, right? Yeah, no, winter, well, actually, snow came out because it started snowing, and uh, you know, the whole winter is coming, you know, uh, title of this, you know, night kind of like finally came to fruition, and somebody ended up walking out. Tony Schiavone lost his mind. Completely. Uh, 2001. I remember this man wrestling Ric Flair in the main event of the last ever. Monday Nitro, which is more famous for obviously featuring uh, Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon on WCW TV. Um, wrestling's come a long way on TNT. And Tony Schiavone in the last couple years have been part of uh, AEW and then bringing wrestling back to TNT. And tonight, when Tony got the yell, it's Sting! I, you know, whether you're into it, you're into the whole thing or not, I thought it was just an awesome moment, and the happiness and catharsis in Tony's voice, and the where we've come, the, the full circle to where this feels like a symbol of the those days where there's just one company are really over. That that's just that's a thing of the past. That's a memory. Those twenty years. That's a memory. That's over. We're in a new era now, but we still got to look back in the past. And AEW has always been really great at using legends in the right way. And we knew this one. We heard about this. They had this in their pocket at the beginning of COVID. We didn't. Then we thought, well, okay, that's. I guess it ain't happening. But here he was, Sting. Yeah. Back yeah. on TNT. 
It's crazy. I didn't, I wasn't even expect. I mean, you heard we heard the rumors at the beginning of this year that you know Sting may or may not be coming to AEW or in what capacity. We weren't really sure or have any idea or know, but. I mean, and also, too, especially after what happened with the WWE and him getting hurt with Seth Rollins and everything like that, I didn't know what he was going to be doing. I thought he was out you know, of wrestling completely, but to have him come come tonight was a complete surprise, and yet it goes to show, once again, AEW can freaking keep a secret and not let this shit leak out, and I appreciate that. Yeah, they do a really good job. I mean, they have done a great job with shit like that. Um, I just can't get over Like, man, they just really use wrestling. Like, for not having the history that WWE is does. You know, WWE's got so much in their back. They found a way just to use wrestling as their history. Everything that WWE's thrown aside and fucking discarded and not given a shit about, they picked it back up and shined it the fuck up and it turned it in and built a foundation around these things. And uh, it's great to see Sting come back I felt like he got a real raw shake last time he was in the WWE. And hopefully things work out better for him. Um, this was cool, though. It goes right to Arn Anderson. Right off bat. Obviously, they have a lot of history with each other. Um, and then Cody and Darby kind of stares them all down. Kind of almost like the alien with Sigourney Weaver. You know, like, opens his mouth up. Or the Velociraptor sniffing the door. Like, he can just he's check. We don't know what's going to happen with Sting. But he comes out as the justice. He he sets the scales clean. He gets rid of Taz and all his guys. That's the way you use Sting. The imagery with the snow and the winter is coming. Being pulled into the whole Sting thing. I thought it was fantastic. And, I, and they announced it's going to be signed to a multi-year deal. Yep, and you can buy his t-shirt at shopaew.com. Yeah, you already have t-shirts. <laughs> that's how great AEW is. Yeah, I want to go into those for sure. Uh, after that awesomeness, we are left with uh, Sheeta and Alex Marvez and back, and pretty much this is just to uh, tease the uh, kind of uh, weird feud, I guess, between Abaddon and Sheeta, where Sheeta now, I guess, is afraid of Abaddon, although she pretends she isn't. Yeah, I don't know. I like the like the the fighting babyface champion, no nonsense babyface champ, nine month babyface champion, being afraid of a boogeyman kind of character, like, in that whole... She just seemed like a coward and, like, an idiot. Kind of like Johnny Gargano. That's <laughs> kind of what she reminded me of. Although, not, a, not a coward and idiot on the level of Cameron Grimes. That's a whole other level. But, like, a Johnny Gargano, a coward and idiot. And also, too, I did notice, though, I mean, again, for those who don't know, Hikaru Shida is a Japanese native wrestler who came here from Japan, and English is a second language of her. But I will say, in this first year, going into the second year... Her English has gotten a hell of a lot better, and she can almost completely cut a pro a whole promo now in English, where it's you know it's it we can understand it and everything else. Like it's it's great because a lot of times you know you would have Japanese wrestlers in the past where the promoter wouldn't put them out there and wouldn't <laughs> let, let them try to you know to do what they're gonna do. So the promoter promoter's name was rhymes with Prince Flick Fan. Yup. <laughs> So, uh, next, uh, we end up getting a Moxley promo, short, sweet, to tease, obviously, the championship match that we're about to lead into. Don Callis joins the commentary. Yeah, and while they're giving the Moxley promo, they put a graphic on the screen that says, entrances up next. Something about that, while they're showing the promo of Moxley, and they're like, entrances up next, and you're getting a lead into a segment that's just going to be the entrances. Added the grand the grandiosity to this. It was just a little touch 
I effing loved it. I don't know why. I really loved it. It really made it feel like I was watching like a UFC or a boxing pay-per-view. And uh, this, big fight feel, 100 fucking percent. The whole way, this last year and how many months, it's all led up to this. This is it. This is, this is the first super major AEW World Championship match that really means more than anything. This is the fucking big one here tonight. Yep. It's John Moxley versus Kenny Omega for the AEW Championship. And yeah, I agree. It was a kick-ass match and a nice long match. They kept teasing on commentary that if it was going to go past 10 o'clock, they would still follow it. So TV time uh, was not a factor here, which was nice. I thought that was a nice little tease. I haven't heard them use that. Uh, in a, I don't think I, actually ever is saying that they'll they'll go past TV yeah, time. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. So that was a nice little touch, again, to your point, making it feel like a big fight, making it feel more official. At first, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm, I was kind of uh, cold on this match just because it started off kind of slow. You know, it took a little while, good 10, 15 minutes to get going. But once they got in the ring and once the punch-off started, I started getting fully into this match. Yeah, there was a long, slow pace of them feeling each other out. No one really was getting any advantage, and we were. We were kind of like, eh. And then I, I was like, wait. So far, I'm okay with it because it's just building. But right now, they need to start rolling and they need to start get going. If they do, all of this will just be the build-up to something fucking amazing and it'll all be a great story. So let's hold out a little bit and give them the benefit of the doubt. And then Matsu goes out of the ring and grabs two chairs. And I'm like, okay, Tony, this may be where they fucking ruin it. This yeah. is where it's probably going to go downhill. When we lose our ring, I was happy he didn't grab a kendo stick. At least it was chairs. And then they set the chairs up, and you're like, if they slap each other, like, I don't want to see a bunch of slaps. And they start slapping each other, but the slaps start getting really fucking hard. It start turning into fucking punches, and then boom, this match is in the next fucking gear. This is the chapter. This is where it starts fucking rolling, and they're just unloading on each other, giving everything they got just to fucking kill each other. Yeah, and then it just starts opening up. They start then, you know, Kenny Omega gets more animated, starts doing springboards off of shit. Moxley starts just catching it and just, you know, really going back and forth at it with each other. And the momentum starts picking up and it just crescendos, man. It is a great, phenomenal match. It shows the work rate of both these guys. And also, too, there was no dumb bullshit with Kenny's, you know, entrance, no women with brooms or Kenny pulling out a broom or anything like that. And for once, as a non-Kenny Omega fan and not being familiar with his work i got a nice taste of what he has to offer as a wrestler and i was i was happy with this yeah this was um you saw kind of that as old moxley is one of the top wrestlers in the world when it comes to what you can do in the ring kenny's at the next level kenny can do extra things kenny's something different we got to see this tonight um god damn it i mean just shit that they were the pulling off. I mean, the knees that he was giving Moxley at a certain point. Moxley was taking them. I did like so, 10 V-Triggers. Like, holy fuck. I mean, it started getting more and more violent and just brutal. Um, and then, so how does the final spot go? There's... Well, and Kenny, Kenny, uh, Moxley, or was it Moxley gets busted open. He's bleeding Well, that's out. not yet, though, oh, right? No, that's okay. at the end. That's right, yeah. There's, um... So something happened. Kenny gets... Okay, so Kenny gets pushed off the top rope, and then there's something outside the ring, and looks like Kenny's hurt. Yeah, he hits his head, supposedly. And all the refs come out. Don Callis comes over. He was on 
commented, and it was just awesome having Don Callis with JR and Tony. Those are, you know, Don Callis wasn't the main announcer for ECW, obviously. Uh, Joey was the guy, but Joey didn't need another guy. There was only one person ever that really, well, I'm Shane Douglas, and so, but like an announcer guy that really worked with Joey well, and that it seemed like Joey liked working with, and that was Don Callis. So you kind of have ECW, WWF, and, you know, WCW, their top announcer kind of here. So um, Moxie doesn't give a fuck. He's like, I'm dismantling over anything like this. I'm going to continue to kick the shit out of the box. And then Don Callis picks up a microphone. He's trying to tell the ref, you know, hey, he's hurt or whatever, right? And then I think Moxley takes out Callis, knocks him down, but then Kenny's got the microphone and he bashes fucking Moxley in the head with the microphone. And then Moxley's busted open. And then what is there is, I think, we get, do we get a one-winged angel? or yep, do we get, yeah, yeah, it gets a one-winged angel. And then it's over. Yep. One, two, three. New AEW champion. It's time to celebrate, right, Tony? Time for the Bucks to come out and celebrate with their friend, maybe Tony Khan. Uh, who are the other guys? Maybe maybe Hangman Page even comes out and gives him a handshake, right, Tony? Yeah, That's yeah, what happened, right? It would be a good time. Yeah, it was, it was all good and it was all fun with everybody. Everybody went home happy. Right. Or, I'm letting you get this. I feel like, I feel like I've stepped all over you, taking all the good stuff. I want you to, you take this. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. And then, a, a, as this match completely ends, you end up seeing, you know, because obviously they won via Screwjob, Don Callis and Kenny Omega, I end up you know, running outside of the, uh, seriously, they go through the main entrance, through the tunnel, and, and also, Kenny Omega's eye is completely fucked up and completely swollen. So, like, off the boy, yeah, wow. I mean, completely gone. So, as they're running out of the back of the uh, the arena, and everybody's screaming and yelling at them, too, which I think is a nice touch, you know? Yeah, they, they they're know, shocked, like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, exactly, like, what, what the fuck's, what, what's up with this shit? And it ends up... Uh, taking Kenny and saying, and Don Callis ends up saying that, uh, you know, because Alex Marvez confronts them in the parking lot just as they're about to get into a limousine, and Don Callis says, you know what, next Tuesday, you guys are going to figure out what the hell all this means. And he ends up taking Kenny Omega, kidnapping Kenny Omega with, with title in hand, and Kenny is apparently going to show up on fucking Impact Wrestling next week on Tuesday with the AEW Championship. It's so Attitude Era. It's so what Debbie said you could have been if it didn't suck. What Impact could have been if it didn't suck. But hey, they're going to get another chance. This is awesome. What the fuck? This is crazy. This I'm not the biggest Impact fan in the world. But the idea that Kenny Omega is now aligned with Don Callis and he's going to show up on Impact with the fucking AEW title. What the hell just happened? Talk about a goddamn... I mean, what a swerve. What a crazy course of action. What's going on with wrestling now? That there is a war brewing with everybody else. This is going back to where we started with All In. That dream of these companies could all work together, possibly. And there was a worry that AEW was going to come around, and that it probably was going to be number two, but then it was going to crush the other companies. Yep. It didn't. Then COVID came, and that should have really crushed everybody. Somehow, it didn't. They're all somewhat surviving, and AEW is actually growing stronger. And AEW now is grabbing those allies that were there before they were even born, that would help lay the foundation, and they're bringing them up with them. And now once we get 
by the time COVID's over, these vaccines come on, we get in the summertime, we could be able, because there's been rumors, but we've seen New Japan guys on there too. There's been rumors. We thought the Impact guys maybe were just, okay, cool in appearance. No, Don Callis was there for a fucking reason. Holy shit. We're, we, have a, we have a fucking new war. And I would be better if Impact did, well, didn't suck ass. But hey, maybe AEW can help them. But this is just a great, what a heel thing for Kenny Omega, not just to turn on the, you know, whatever, the fan, but to turn on the company. Yeah, so in one night, you get representation from NWA with Thunder Rosa, you get Sting coming in b- back, and then you get Don Callis kidnapping Kenny Omega to go on to I don't think kidnap Kenny Omega. I wouldn't say kidnap. I'm saying kidnap because it's just I think funny. Kenny's totally no, I with know. it. Oh, I don't know. He totally is. I just think it's fucking hilarious to think of Don Callis. But it was like that because he was like shielding Kenny and kind of gearing. Totally whistling yeah. away like a handler. And Tony didn't know what was going on. Tony Khan's like, what the hell's going on? Like... Wow, and who it didn't it didn't need that. That would have been just a great match if Kenny mm-hmm. just would have won. But adding that, you're like, you're still getting over what was just a great night and like this. And then there's like, wait, what the fuck? Wait, what is going on? Holy, what the fuck is going on? Uh wow. This was the promise of what competition can do, and breathing life back into wrestling, what it could do. And we're here now. It's been a year in. Well, October, so just barely over a year. <laughs> just barely over a fucking year. Yep. There was no dynamite like 15 months ago. Nope. Holy fucking shit. There was no AEW up until I think May of 2019. It is only fucking December of 2020. And look what the fuck's happened. Everything has changed. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Yep, it's it's great, and none of none of the things from your childhood have to die because everything is represented, and they're not afraid to go, you know, into this weird quarantine isolation of the wrestling world like WWF has been for so long. Now everybody can be brought up, everybody can co-mingle and work with each other and have just crazy dream matches, and it's phenomenal, and everyone can get along, which is nice. You know, NWA, Impact, and AEW, and even at, to some extent, New Japan can all play nice together, and it'll just make wrestling better, and it'll fucking push Vince on his fucking heels and hopefully out of the business. And I, I want to not forget, uh, when Moxley took out Don Callis, JR had the best line of the night. Oh, yeah. He's like, now that's how you make an impact. <laughs> that's what I call an impact. Oh, that was just the way he delivered, how he was waiting to just jump on it. The glee he got with saying it, I loved it. Fantastic. <laughs> Tony, what was your favorite part of tonight? Oof. I would say it would be, I mean, Sting. It has to be Sting. I was not expecting that. That was a, a total swerve. And the fact that Kenny Omega won the championship, because I wasn't expecting that either. So, I sorry, I have to have two. I agree with both of those. I would add just, I think, the fact that we really got a really fucking awesome battle royal. Yeah. I really like the battle royal. Battle royals are difficult. You can easily fuck up a battle royal, but I'm glad this one was good. Very interesting. And, again, furthering storylines. It's hard to really pick some because everything was great tonight. Um, another amazing show. They were trending worldwide. I hope that goes to the ratings. I don't see how NXT can beat them again. Um, I think it must have been a fluke last week. This They brought their fucking game here. So uh, 
Oh, so uh, uh, wins a winner. Great fucking um, great show. Great dynamite tonight. Yep, I agreed. So real quick, I just want to once again apologize. The last couple of weeks, we will be back on regularly now. Um, I had an issue where I just couldn't watch Dynamite. I didn't have the ability to uh, with my schedule and stuff. But everything's good. Um, and also, I've been working on, for the main show, Tough Scene Cleveland. Uh, this is a satellite show of that that we do for a select group of you. Um, and I appreciate all your support. But uh, Tufts in Cleveland is the main show. And I just released Rise and Fall of the Jigsaw Part 2. So um, if you like what we do here, you like what I do a little bit. I'm sure you probably listen to Tufts in Cleveland if you're listening to this. This is the big Rise and Fall. This is kind of my story and the story of the Jigsaw. Um, check it out now. And Part 3 will be coming soon. That's where we get to uh, the Phil Laura and the fall of the Jigsaw. So... Uh, just a little programming note there. You can check out part two, episode seven of Tough Scene Cleveland. It's up on the same page where you're going to find these episodes. So, uh, Tony, it was a great night. Hell yeah, man. And uh, thank you for fucking, you know, I think with this is like our 18th show, so we're getting close there. And I've had a great time watching AEW with you. And I thank everybody for their support on this show and for Tough Scene Cleveland. Uh, Tony, winter... It's here. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Get your beers ready and grab your mittens and uh, warm up to some wrestling this winter. Good night, everybody.